Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Farah. I'm a co-founder of Editor. Editor is an online platform and we auto-generate subtitles for your videos in over 70 languages. We're based in London, England. To be honest, we're quite lucky. I would say, I'd hope they'd say the same about me. They're quite easy to work with. (laughs) We have meetings, but I think compared to most businesses, we actually keep the meetings to the minimum. We kind of meet when we need to meet about something, chat when we need to chat about something. But other than that, we kind of have this culture that if something needs to get done, we get it done. Not absolutely everything needs to be discussed. Um, it, it can always be done and then shown. We use Google Docs quite a bit. We use Discord and we just kind of ping each other on there. And then if it's a bigger task, we'll kind of break it down um, or be on Google Docs at the same time and which I actually found slightly overwhelming because we're all highlighting different things at the same time it's all getting very fast (laughs) but yeah and we'll just assign it that way and go from there and then the next time we we have something to do we'll review it and then do it again so it's I think we've we've got used to COVID's probably helped with working remotely and communicating that way so I think it comes somewhat naturally to us You're so so lucky that it does. And what was your strategic planning as a team when you submitted to beta list and to product hunt and to do that initial marketing? What was the strategic plan? While Saf and Tim were working on making the product, I was kind of finding all the platforms that we would be launching on. And I I created our, because they ask you different platforms, ask for different things and different platforms want different thing so I just kind of figured out which each wanted and I um, drafted our application before we even had a product so for our product hunt launch also we would do I had things that we did before the launch things that we did a week couple of weeks before sorry um, things that we did like during the first couple of days we had shifts to reply to people fast <laughs> and then <laughs> things that we did after so I think just really um, planning it well and because I I don't code personally myself um, I take on a lot of those kind of roles um, and Saf and Tim do um, the hard bit. <laughs> they do the the really technical coding bits. So yeah, we kind of divide, divvy it up based on our skill sets, which are 
quite different. <laughs> and a little insider tip for everybody also looking to put their startup on um, these different platforms. There's a site called submit.co, S-U-B-M-I-T.co. And it has a list of every single beta list product hunt kind of site. So it's really useful mm. in your launch campaign. Oh, that's really, really helpful. That would have been great <laughs> for us because I was just doing a Google job. <laughs> listening to different podcasts. (laughs) Definitely. You can check that out later. What is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome in launching editor? It's funny, isn't it? When you know what we have definitely not made it to the other side, but once you have a product and you have users, you kind of almost forget a bit about the struggles. Hi, my name is Megan Loist. I'm an investor at Lyra Hippo, where we're the most active early stage investors in New York. And also I'm the founder of Gen Z VCs, which is the largest and fastest growing community for young people in tech and VC with 11,000 plus members in our global community. I'm based here in New York City. So gotta say 20 VC. I love Harry Stebbings. I think he's a, he's a great mentor to me. And he was also like a, a big introduction to the VC world for me. I For a, cl- a class in college, uh, I had I was covering Sequoia Capital, so that's actually something that we have in, in common. Where we, we went out and I got to I basically had to set up like a meet and greet with Pat Grady, um, and so I had to listen to Harry's episode of Twenty VC with Pat Grady as like one of my like assignments or whatever. So like that was like I've been kind of following Harry's career from afar, and now like since I'm now in the industry, he's become a close friend and a mentor. Um, so I love everything he does. Uh, so I would have to say Twenty VC. As far as reading, I like. This is like super lame, but I read like the Twilight books every year. It's it's so weird. But I think when I escape from like work, I want to just like read ridiculous like fiction, honestly. And so I've I became obsessed with the Twilight books in sixth grade and I don't think I'll ever stop reading them, which is maybe a little quirky, but uh it's it's me. I feel like <laughs> I should do that to chill out. <laughs> and- enhance my creativity. And it wouldn't feel right if we didn't, you know, talk about um, Lyra Hippo before, you know, wrapping up our conversation for everybody looking to raise right now or wanting to form a relationship with Lyra Hippo. What's the best way to do that? How can they be a part of the Lyra Hippo ecosystem? I mean, reach out to me. I, I think like the benefit of being a young investor is like, you kind of have to make yourself accessible. And it's something that I'm like incredibly passionate about. The last deal I sourced actually at Lair Hippo came from a cold email from a founder. They had read one of my articles. They reached out to me. We set up a call and like a few months later, we're, we're investors. Like, I think like you, literally the best way to reach me is emailing me and it's just Megan at LairHippo.com. But yeah, like there's, I think it's, again, all you have to do is like, again, take that first step. It doesn't matter if you don't think you're qualified or like you don't think you're right, but whatever, like all you can do is try and the worst people could say is no. And I like to think that I'm someone who's like a friendly face in the ecosystem and welcoming and helpful to everyone that I meet. So if you shoot me an email, that's definitely the best way. And um, I, you know, I obviously work for the Lear Hippo team and love working with our founders. So I hope to meet many of you soon. And any particular kind of company that, that they want? I know different firms focus on different types of investments. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seed stage focused fund. So I think and the definition of seed has changed a lot over the years, I would say like 1.5 to like $5 million rounds are kind of our sweet spot. But um, at the end of the day, we love working like we're at seed stage more, more, I think than anything, you're investing in people. And we think a lot about founder market fit, like 
why is this person best positioned to build in this particular market? And like, how do they think about these big problems? And so I think more than anything, it's like the, really the person, but uh, seed is definitely our focus. And we're also the most active early stage investors in New York, but we invest all over the country. So I have portfolio companies in Austin and San Francisco and LA and all over the place. But like, I would say we have like the most, well, 60% of our portfolio is in New York. So we work with a ton of New York based founders as well. Hi, this is Marvel Dweeney. I'm the host of Soft Robotics podcast. If you're interested in about understanding how we can design safe soft robots inspired by nature, please check in the podcast. And I'm based in Brussels, Belgium. And the podcast is based in Paris, France. Uh, actually, as I said, um, in Egypt, I, I, I'm from Egypt. So when I was in faculty engineering, I was a top student. And by the way, I don't believe in, in the grading system and numbers anymore, but Based on that, I get employed as tenured assistant lecturer. It's different from the West that you automatically, once you're a top student, you get employed as tenured assistant lecturer. And I was teaching and, and I'm doing master's and I and after master's, I become tenured assistant lecturer. And because of life events and, um, you know, life sometimes is, is uncertain, I decided to leave my home country. And uh, yeah, I had the rebirth again when I left because just like, I just want to leave everything. And it's really hard because now I'm doing the PhD and it was a little bit delayed, but it's really hard because life uncertain. I could choose to be in my place and just do a PhD and be a lecturer and not be delayed. But it's interesting because for now, I'm, I'm not sure where I will go. I'm, I'm, I'm still uncer uncertain because uh, I, it's like when you go from destination A to B, and or and then you found yourself it's not really direct you go to in between different trajectories and it's not linear what we can see it's highly nonlinear and that's what we use of robotics if you have system nonlinear system highly it's not predictable and that what happened to me it's absolutely not predictable it's painful but if it didn't happen i didn't discover podcasting and i think that sometimes uh, yeah we don't know what lies in the in the future, why certain things happen to us? Because we have another plan. Maybe life has another plan for us. Yeah. I mean, having to move and overcome what you've overcome, what do you think has been a guiding force to give you the strength to absorb all the challenges you have and come out on the other side, landing on your feet? Wow, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> Very wonderful question. It's really hard, you know? For me, the strengths, uh, my mother, she passed when I was 19, and she was the ultimate force motivation for me. And when she passed away, I was fully broken. I was really broken. And I was remembering that I, I, I still two have two years left uh, to finish engineering degree, and I was saying, I can finish this, this two years. And luckily, my grandmother, the mother of my mom, she became my surrogate mom, and, and she was my biggest support. And... When you have a hard time, you, you need someone to go and just go and cry and, and just have this kind of support. When I was 26, my grandmother passed away. And then that's when I left my home country. I said, that's, that's it. It's a breaking point for me. I don't want to. But when I, when I moved to a new journey, I remember that day being in a new place and having this repairs from, it's like a new life, but. I remember having the first bad day. I say, where I can go now and, and tell what I have. 
And that was really harsh, really harsh. And I, I have to be honest, I still sometimes struggle with that. But if you ask me like two years ago or three years ago, it's very hard because you need some people to give you strength. And then I discovered, well, people sometimes can disappoint you and research or academia, you need the result. You need to be productive. And sometimes, to be honest, sometimes you don't care too much about your feeling or how it's go for you. And then I tried to learn, well, you have to get the strength from your inside. And it is hard because people tend to have a lot of people. And that's, that's absolutely normal. And that's what I used to do. But when life gives you hard challenges, you have no option. You just have to support yourself. That's how I am trying to do that. And it's absolutely true power to convert yourself and push back because it's sometimes hard. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.